Hello, welcome to the Scottish Indie Podcast. Today I'm joined by Grant Kilpatrick for what promises to be a really interesting show. I've been meaning to have Grant on for quite some time now. Well, the day's finally come. How's it going, mate? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, delighted to have you on. As I said, I normally start with the, the generic questions, but today's the first episode that we're going to scrap any reference to the pandemic and everything else. <laughs> Just let's go for a general one. How you been in the last couple of months and you've been releasing music in recent times as well it's it's quite an exciting time i know it's been good it's been good mate um i put a track out uh when it comes around uh, the new single on what was it the second of july friday the second of july uh, it's been going down really really well uh, i'm put the videos coming out tonight uh this well this is depending on when this comes out it's friday today it'll be coming out at seven tonight so yeah, it's been good putting music out again, like after, as you said, like the, the year we've had and all that, but I've just spent the time really recording, writing and recording, probably like a lot of other people, kind of just try to turn a major negative into a positive and uh, just get in the studio as much as I can, really. I found it quite interesting that some have said they've really struggled and been devoid of any sort of creative spark during the pandemic. Whereas others seem to have knuckled down and almost embraced being somewhat cut off and been able to to explore and experiment. Do you fall into the latter category there? I think the first little while, like the first few months, maybe the first couple of months, uh, it was because it was like such a unique situation. It's probably like, well, I didn't end up writing much or really focusing on music all that much. You just try to wrap, wrap your head around like, kind of what was going on uh, but then after a while I think I probably became more and more frustrated that I couldn't <laughs> couldn't go out and do like play gigs or um, really properly get into the studio and stuff like that so I was like I don't know it just kind of made me anyway a bit more determined to stockpile stuff like stockpile material and be like well listen once this is over when it's where it, if it's four months six months or like two years then hopefully by the end of it I'll have stuff to show from it and then we can kind of go on from there. That, that makes perfect sense. The the one question that of the generic ones that I missed out there is for those that, that haven't heard of you and have been very unfortunate if that is the case, can you describe your sound and a wee bit of the background as how the band got together? Yeah, so I would describe my stuff so far as like kind of like loud indie indie rock um maybe kind of elements of sort of singer songwriter stuff but i'm trying to i'm trying to sort of like carve out not like a niche it's not it's nothing like incredibly like overwhelmingly original or anything like that but i feel there's a little like a wee bit of a void in terms of like noisy solo artists or like guitar like, like electric guitar driven like music at the moment so i'm kind of trying to like focus on that type of material um, but in terms of like my songwriting and performing and all that, um, I've always played in bands like for years. I started playing guitar when I was 12 and um, I'd kind of, well, the last four or five years I've been making a living as like a professional musician playing wedding bands and function bands and things like that. Um, and then I kind of got, well, I got to about 28, 29 and I decided I was like, oh, written in bands before but I've never really written stuff myself uh, never really written a full song just by myself 
Um, so I then decided I was like, no, I need to do this before I'm <laughs> before I'm thirty, record some material, get some stuff down, and then it kind of just sort of sprung from that really. Uh, just decided to kind of really focus on putting out my own stuff. Um, so at the moment, yeah, I've, I've got four tracks out at the moment, but I've I've got plenty of others in the can. Been doing a lot of recording, so um, unfortunately not being able to play a gig yet because I'd actually booked a show, but obviously, you know, it was like I announced the show probably like two nights before the lockdown came in. <laughs> so, <laughs> aye, it's it's been a non-starter in terms of live gigging, but it's been really fruitful in terms of recording so that's that's quite interesting in, in terms of the, the, la the lack of live music or the clarity the lack of clarity around the live music you've announced a gig there what 18 months ago since then we've not really had and much of a message and i appreciate that there's there's a lot more important things going on in the world but while a lot of sport and things like that have resumed music still remains in limbo especially in scotland do you feel that a number of acts have kind of suffered and stagnated as a, a consequence because really for many bands and artists playing live is a, is a bread and butter yeah i um i definitely i don't know if it's yeah i don't know if i, I could pinpoint anybody that's like it's kind of really really slowed down but i feel for me anyway i feel like a bit of a sometimes i feel like a bit of a, a fraud putting out like quite a lot you know a decent amount of music so far and then i've not played a live gig because it's like i think it's like you said it's like just just as an important element in, in playing music and recording music is playing your music live and seeing how it goes down with folk in the crowd and meeting people and uh, being in a venue. So, yeah, for me, I feel a bit like, oh, it, I feel a bit like fraudulent. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm not giving out the full package yet, but that, that'll, that'll, that'll come in time, hopefully. But, I'm, I mean, I'm a bit more concerned about how the venues we're going to do. That's more, you know, like I hope that places like Sneaky Pete's where I'd book to gig, uh, you know, they come out for the better hopefully and are still around by the time we kind of fully get back to music because you know the the rent on a lot of these places must be extortionate glasgow city center edinburgh city center whatever and uh, yeah i just hope they can kind of all pull through because there's great music at the moment especially in scotland and uh, it would be it would be a shame if the the, the number of places have all have dwindled by the time everything opens back up properly it's, it's quite a it's a double-edged sword, I guess, in the sense that you've got acts that have lost out in the income of, of playing live and, and selling merch at these gigs. And I guess even getting that attention for someone to, to find, you know, they're going to need to see you recommended online rather than going along to a gig and finding a, a hidden gem or, a, or just getting a really unexpected surprise when someone comes on the stage and, and just blows you away. Oh, it's, totally, because there's, there's something great about it. There's something great about that, isn't there? Like, see, like, I don't know if you've ever been, like, if you're on holiday somewhere or whatever, and you may be, like, just walking through the streets, and then you hear, like, some music coming from somewhere, and you go, oh, we'll go in and check them out, or, you know, like, that. That that's a great thing, and they're obviously, as you said, you're missing out on discovering new bands, like, that are maybe supporting somebody that you are already bought a ticket to go see, or, like I said, you're kind of walking in off the street. That's, like, a whole other bit of discovery in itself, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's a kind of 
well, coming from Glasgow, there was the opportunity to to walk into the city centre and any given night of the week, have a couple of beers and and watch live music, and it's it's kind of that feels like a a different lifetime ago almost because <laughs> uh, yeah, that yeah. that opportunity isn't there, and even when the restrictions are, are gradually lifting, that is just not happening just now, uh, and the, the kind of limitations to all seated venues and it just won't work with with many of the places that are mentioned regularly on this podcast. You can't imagine. I know the Tuts during the summer sessions or the the Christmas time gigs as well sometimes have artists playing down the stairs, but the the main venue is up the stairs. It's all standing. People are, are packed in, and I think that's some of the joy of it as well. You're kind of it's uh, 250, 300 people crammed into a small venue, all with the same passion, all enjoying themselves at the same time, and there's, there's something exceptionally special about that the uh the introduction of, of live streams and, and things like that i totally get the merits behind them but there's so much lost in it as well oh no you're right like you want to be i i, I agree with you i think you want to be packed in the room sweating right rubbing shoulders with folk and because uh, like yeah you're right you know some gigs warrant sitting down at a table and whatever else and that, but you know, it's like you're, I don't know, it's like you're you're rocking with the seatbelts on. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's like you're 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 half in it and you're half not. It's um, it's got. I think if if it's got to come back like the way it was, it's got to be as you described. It's um, because that that opinion shared by many, I'm sure. And I, I guess in the sense of the double-edged sword as well, there'll be bands trying to kind of preserve their future and venues doing the same. There, there has to be a, a link in there somewhere that both can work together with the aim of kind of redeveloping and reinvigorating the live music scene. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, you're, you're, I agree with that, man, completely, completely. In terms of the video, uh, the singles went down really well, and I was, I was reading through some of the feedback uh, on your Twitter page in preparation for this podcast, and it, it was really nice to see a host of, of fans getting behind you, but also other acts as well. And it is something that I bring up quite a lot on here. The, I feel that there's a bit more of a, a community feel to the Scottish music scene just now, whereas I can remember growing up and my mates being in bands and just there been a general bit of a rivalry and almost a kind of football-esque nastiness to it, which thankfully doesn't seem to exist. Or if it does exist, then I don't know about it. <laughs> Nobody's mentioned it to me, but it, it does seem a, a nicer place to be and, and people giving each other a wee helping hand up, which is imperative, especially at times like this where there has been such uncertainty surrounding music. Oh, definitely, and that whole like scene on Twitter has just been, just been great. Um, because I kind of, I kind of got sort of dropped, dropped in there. Like, I mean, I've always had Twitter, um, and Facebook and all that and stuff, and uh, and the folk that know me know me. But um, the I, ha- I have to give credit to a guy, uh, Dan from the DDEs, uh, a band from Manchester, this indie rock band from Manchester, and he he'd come across one of my videos on Facebook I think 
and uh, he messaged me one day and was like, oh, this is really great. Like, you know, uh, you know, when you just like you find someone that's like really into your stuff and that they're really keen to champion your music because they're genuine. They do really like it. And um, he was one of those guys and he kind of dropped me in on that sort of Twitter community radio stations on there and blogs and just general like sort of community of people that are looking for new music so that's that's been amazing because by the time i, I put when it comes around out there was like a uh you know small a large kind of uh pre-built audience there that were that were ready for it and wanting to listen to it which was great so yeah that, that that's been really cool and it's like you know as you said it's, it's always nice to have other bands uh calling calling you out and and helping each other out because i know i know exactly what you mean like i've been around long enough to remember turning up to gigs and like being at the sound check and then the, the you know the the band you're supporting i didn't really say much to you and i'm maybe a bit cold with you and and whatever else but you're right i think that certainly appears so online that that's kind of dying off a bit and it's good because you know it's these I think you're always going to be remembered for how you are, how you are with other people and how you are with other bands and how you are with other artists. And it's like, if you're a bit of an idiot and, you know, you're a bit self-serving and don't bother, you know, reaching out to other people and sharing other people's music and stuff like that, then, you know, people remember that. (laughs) Yeah, and they rightfully should. I I think, again, I I sometimes sound like a bit of a broken record, but I I think that that there's so much stuff that, that comes out and, with the best will in the world, you're not going to like everything that you set your ears on. Um, we've all got different tastes. We've all got different beliefs as to what is good and what's not so good. But there, there's no point in the the one-word reviews that are kind of turning against people because they don't play stuff that you like. It's, it's quite easy to, to scroll on by or, or just go on with your life and enjoying what you enjoy and let other people working what they're working on I, I don't see anything wrong with that and it's- oh, no, you're 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 right man like i'll tell you i'll tell you something funny right so like i um whenever i put like a, a new track i put a little bit of money into kind of facebook ads and stuff and instagram ads on stories and all that kind of thing just to kind of get the track out to to more people that maybe haven't heard my stuff and um like the the vast majority of comments and and shares and all that are always like really positive and it's like you feel really sometimes it's quite overwhelming actually but you when someone like reaches out like i've had messages from people in the states and stuff saying that they like my tracks and they, they've bought a t-shirt which is just amazing somebody you don't know like for me that, that still is like one of the greatest things about playing music or releasing music and given something for people to listen to that you know someone just that far away can be like here by the way this is brilliant how can i help you know how can i support you but now and again right <laughs> and i'm sure this is for for anybody that puts themselves out there especially if they if they you know pay for ads and things it's like you'll get somebody like come on and just go this is the worst thing i've ever heard you know <laughs> And I'm always like, first off, I'm always like, it kind of makes me laugh because it doesn't really bother me all that much. But I always think to myself, like, I don't think I've ever done that. Like, and I don't know about you, but if I, if I, you know, not everybody likes everything, like, as you said, but I don't think I've ever, like, left, like, say I've watched a YouTube video and thought the video was rubbish. I don't think I've ever left a negative comment and everything because, like, that's a process someone's had to, to have gone through. They've had to have thought about it. They've had to have gone, I'm going to type this out. 
then they've typed it out and then they've pressed enter on their keyboard and you know let you hear about it i just quite find it quite fascinating it's, uh, i would love to to spend even just 10 minutes in the head space of someone like that though in terms of the, the best one rap from las vegas it's a story that I repeat a lot, but I, I keep on saying it. I repeat a lot. People listening must be going, like, oh, "Why the fuck do I bother with this?" Honestly, <laughs> they, they, he said the the feedback for the new album was really, really good, and then there was just one reply in Twitter that just said "shite." And it's, it's how constructive is that? What are you going to go away and improve with that one word review of your new album? And someone has actually taken the time and effort to type that and then hit the send button. And they then uh, must sit back for a wee second and think, oh, I'm really satisfied with what I just did there. It's weird behaviour. I know it's it's pretty it's pretty fascinating. Like but as I said, like I think for I think most bands get it. And I think just over time it just becomes like water off a duck's back really. It's like the, the thing is it's you have to put it into perspective like you are getting mostly positive comments, which is great and uh, and, and all that but it, it, it's true like sometimes you get the odd one and that's the one you think about and you go oh well, have they got a, have they got a point <laughs> you know what I mean it's like if they, if, they, if they got a point there but usually it's just a load of a load of mints I, I relate it to even I, I can't relate it to to releasing music because I've never ever done that and never we're near got enough talent to do that the, I, the one really nice thing about doing this podcast has been People get in touch and say, listen to it, really enjoying it, keep it up. And then the, there was only one, that, but that, that one bit of negative feedback stuck with me much longer than any of the positive stuff does. And it's unfortunate how the mind works sometimes in relation to that. But first instinct is, I'm going to reply. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to debate with this person who has got no profile picture or anything like that I wouldn't know them from the past me in the street and then you begin to contextualize it and realize that it's, it's not really a big deal and but you can be a wee bit sensitive around things and I don't I, I guess it's you're putting yourself out there and the, the thing with releasing music in the way that you're doing just now and you've not got the opportunity to to road test it you kind of face a a social media trial where you hit the button on that that track it's released into the world and then you've just got to sit back and await the feedback uh, yeah because it's like it's almost right now if you didn't have spotify if you didn't have spotify you didn't have facebook instagram or twitter it's like how would how would musicians get their stuff out there you know Possibly. it would be yeah yeah at the moment like with a situation like now it'd be yeah you wouldn't be able to do much would you um, but I think it's, the, it's, it's th- that kind of thing is as old as time, isn't it? It's like, and I think also online there's this whole uh, like idea of being slightly anonymous, and because you're not you're not saying these things face to face, like uh, I mean I've ne- you've never been at a gig and somebody afterwards come up to you and go, but that was rubbish, you know. But like on on a, online, I think people kind of feel like, wow, it's just a, it's just a guy, you know, playing music, or whatever, and stuff. Like, I'm going to write this. There's like a kind of anonymous factor to it so i think that's why it's kind of a bit more prevalent sometimes as well um yeah i completely get that the in, in terms of the tracks that you've released close to you you worked with with some big names and getting that out there uh one that 
caught the eye was Bruce Rintoul, who was worked with, we were promised jetpacks, Twin Atlantic. Is it good to get the wisdom out of someone that's as, as skilled and experienced as Bruce? Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a proper wizard. Like, um, so I've recorded everything with him um, from the start. Um, and going forward as well, I've recorded another six tracks with him. Um, yeah, he's just he's just brilliant. Like the guy, that's what he does. Like he produces day in day out, works with great bands, always has really interesting stuff to say about the track. Like I'll I'll usually come in with like a demo I've made at home, which will have like basic drums on it, uh, guitars, my vocals and stuff like that. But it's not just a case of turning up to the studio and going, right, this is how the song goes. Uh, let's go and record it. He will listen to the track. He'll probably have some thoughts before we come in. He said, oh, maybe that chorus, maybe you could half it this time and then do it double the second time. So it's like a real a real producer's ear going on there, which is which is great and which is what you want. And he also, Bruce never puts out anything uh until he's like 100% happy of it, happy with it and, and, and proud of it. Like he'll, you know, usually if you go in a recording studio, um, you'll pay for so many days to record and then you'll pay for so many days for it to get mixed. But we'll go and record for four or five days and uh, he'll be like, right, cool. Well, I'll, I'll send you a first mix when it's ready type of thing. So he'll go away and work on it in his own time till, to the point where he thinks it's really great and sends it to me. And we kind of go back and forth with it on there, but yeah, no, it's a privilege to work with him. Honestly, it's it really is, and he's obviously worked with a, a great number of bands, and he genuinely enjoys what he does as well. And that obviously brings you into the those sort of circles as well. Uh, and in terms of he's got a, a contact book that's fairly extensive, and that should bode well going forward. You would have to imagine. Uh, yeah, I get, yeah. I mean, he's got he's he's pals like he's he's pals with a lot of these guys and stuff like that, which is cool. I mean, he's sort of most successful act I think at the moment, uh, probably between father son. He does still he still uh, produces father son and um, Vukovi as well, really the two piece uh, band from Glasgow, and uh, yeah, they're they're doing. They're they're doing really really well. So yeah, I mean he's like really well connected and stuff. Um, but it's good because he's he's working on, you know, he's working on bands on a spectrum like bands that are starting out and bands that have, have really made a mark, um, like the early Twin Atlantic stuff and Father Son and all that. So it's good to see he's he, you know he's, he's he is available um, to these bands that are great but are just starting out too mentioned earlier on the, the video for when it comes around is due out tonight, albeit that by the time this comes out, that'll be last week. But <laughs> you're, it's another chance to, to branch out. The videos you've recorded before have, have been well received. You've got your, your own YouTube channel, of course. Is that something you can tell us a wee bit more about in terms of recording the latest video? Yeah, uh, so the first, now let me think, the first three videos that I made, uh, I kind of, 
So I've, I've got a bit of experience in, in, in freelance video work as well. So I've done a bit of that too. So I've made music videos for other people and I used to do a bit of uh, kind of like corporate video work. So like video has always been like kind of a, an interest for me and stuff like that and working a camera and all that. So yeah, the video for Tension that we first put out, that was like a really simple idea. I uh, went to audio in Glasgow and just booked the room out uh, for the day and kind of went sort of got ourselves in a circle and got my mate to stand in the middle who's a videographer stuck the camera on top of a like a monopod and then spun it round while we played it like a really simple idea but that videos went down well like it's still getting like views now on facebook uh, and i get feedback about it all the time which which is great so and the second video out of my mind was the same thing we we made it ourselves uh, and yeah close to you too i that was a, a, a simple case of me just setting up the camera and filming me in slow motion performing the song, but it kind of had an effective look. So I'd done three videos by myself or with the help of pals and I got to the, this new set of tracks that are coming out and I was thinking, right, how do I, how do I take it to the next level and stuff? So got in contact with uh, a videographer called Mark Sharp, who's based out of Dundee and he's great, man. Like he's, a real talent when it comes to these things he's done he went on tour for a bit with uh, Frank Carter uh, from Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes and he filmed a bit of his sort of like live shows and things like that um, so yeah like I just saw his stuff and I was like oh this is this is really cool it's quite edgy like a lot of the visuals are really really interesting so we just kind of bumped heads together and kind of figured out a video type of thing went up to Dundee and shot that but it was it was brilliant it was good to it was good to have like like working with Bruce like it's good to have someone else there helping you who's like an expert in doing that type of thing and you kind of a bit of the bit of the stress and making the videos like off off you um but yeah he, he's a real talent that's, that's I'm really looking forward to, to seeing the video it'll, it'll seem a bit stupid that I could have easily went back to the future and added a wee bit in about how great the video is when I see it later on but uh, <laughs> unfortunately we're not able to do that I'm not that skilled the, the topic of live music has come up countless times already in this conversation have you got any plans in the offing for when that green light is, is finally pushed and we can get on with it yeah definitely like I'm pursuing getting some shows lined up at the moment obviously there's a massive backlog where a lot of these places people have had shows booked you know for months well for a year <laughs> so there's a bit of a waiting list when it comes to certain venues but no definitely been rehearsing a bit um yeah and i'm just really excited to kind of get out there and, and do it properly i guess the good thing is and i remember i, I listened to uh, a few of your podcasts and the one with dictator i remember them mentioning that it'll be cool once they finally do play a gig because folk are going to know the material which is great because it's not that's not usually the way it works out it's like it's when you're starting out you maybe put out one song and then you go play like a five or six song set and the crowd kind of only know one or two tunes um but it's it's something else when you're playing in front of a a pre-built audience that that know the music and maybe know the lyrics and can sing along and enjoy it a bit more because that's that's you know like you you know yourself when you go to gigs like those are the songs that you that, those are the parts of the gig that you enjoy the most isn't it the songs that you know it's cool hearing new music and stuff like that too at a gig too but 
that's those are the most enjoyable segments so yeah that'll be the benefit of it all that hopefully by the time i do play something there'll be a decent like bank of material there that folk can get behind and, and hopefully sing along totally right it's where the the euphoria sets in almost isn't it where you've got people in tandem singing along and it's just it is the kind of memories that you've got of each individual gig that you've went to or, or perhaps in your case performed that with people it's just the unison and the, the brilliant atmosphere that comes with it it's uh it's very very special it's, it's something that's just so sorely missed the watching like the videos of old glastonbury's and things like that when the bbc were showing them the the other week it's just Again, it feels like you're going back in time, and I guess we are in the sense that it's historic footage, but they, it's just so badly missed. It's, it's such a big part of, of everybody's life, whether you're a musician or you're a music fan, but going along to to gigs and, and having that sort of time and that sort of experience is just so, it's just so special. You must be looking forward as well to, to getting back to attending gigs. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm missing that so much. Like there's because that's the thing. There's been so much great music that I've been that's been put out, and like I'm I'm looking forward to to going back to seeing smaller gigs as well. Like I want to go see like a lot of these you know g- good bands and stuff like that that have come out recently. Like you know I want to go see Dictator. I want to go see Sil- Sylvie. It's kind of like it's it's a shame that I've not had the chance yet um and like kind of show support for because that's what makes a music scene isn't it like you kind of it can exist online but it's really about supporting each other at gigs too so kind of looking forward to doing that yeah you're right i think i think that that's that's one of the prevalent things i was thinking about uh in terms of the snaps that you i know we're kind of talking perhaps the upper echelons there but you get a number one album which is absolutely ridiculous for a, a Scottish guitar band. You can imagine the atmosphere at these Barrowlands gigs that would have preceded that, but they've had to put them back and put them back. And I, I wouldn't say that they'll have lost any of the momentum. I'm sure there'll be an absolute riot when they eventually take place. But they could be scaling the, the Jerry Cinnamon heights at this moment in time because he brought out that album that went down ridiculously well. And all the gigs that went with it are, are kind of iconic. And before you know it, he's playing two nights at Hamden Park. Or I, think, I think it's two nights at Hamden Park. It's just a, a meteoric rise. And that was kind of taken from underneath the, the feet of the snats because they weren't able to, to get out there and play these songs to, to a live audience. And, and I don't mean to say cash in, but just carry on that momentum of the success of the album. Oh no, you're right. I mean that it's a it's a rough time to put to put out an album. Um, like that's why you had so many people holding off, like putting out music in the beginning, because like the whole stru- the whole like structure that's supposed to surround putting out a single or putting an album is you put it out, blah, but then you support it with gigs and press and whatever else and stuff. And then all that had been like halved. So yeah, like. I think it's amazing, obviously, that they, they pulled it off. But yeah, I guess the the, the 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 good thing about it is if there's something good 
to come out of it and with the whole sort of snut scenario is that at least everybody's in the same boat and it's a level playing field. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like it's not like the, the snuts have not been able to play gigs, but Jerry Cinnamon or Lewis Capaldi's been able to play like massive shows on the side because he's a big artist. Do you know what I mean? Type of thing. It's like yeah, it's like it's been a great. That aye, it's been a great like it's been a great leveler in terms of that. Um, it's like it's, everybody's been in the same boat, I guess. So everybody will be coming back at it the same way. So yeah, but I'm sure that their momentum will like the album's great. Um, so that they the, the continue to go upwards for them, I'm sure. I would think so. Yeah, and, and in terms of the we mentioned bands uh, in particular, Dictator there that I think are possibly the best around when it comes to engaging with people. The the way that they handle their social media is very, very, very clever. I, I think they they come across brilliantly. They're personalities when I spoke to them it's very much conveyed in the way that they conduct themselves in social media I think it boils down to just being very nice people to be perfectly honest with you but that's a, a different strand to music just now where you've got to you've got to engage with people that are getting in contact with you you've got to promote yourself as a, not only a musician but also as a person and, and show wee bits of your personality and I, I think more often than not people come across really well and my belief is that most people are are pretty sound to be fair and you're you're going to get good conversation it's broken down quite a lot of the barriers that, that maybe existed and, and people can engage quite freely do you do you like that side of it where you you almost have to be your own marketeer oh i, to- I totally know what you mean it's like the the mystery of the whole artist on stage and then they disappear for a year and you didn't really hear about them they come out with this album and then that's the thing and then they go on tour it's like that's completely completely gone and like yeah I think there's I mean I like it like I like seeing my musicians and songwriters that I like and bands and all that I like seeing them a bit more more human um but it's quite funny because it's the complete opposite to how things would have been done. Obviously, they didn't have social media in the 90s or the 80s. But, like, I bet the whole sort of idea then was was to be kind of as mysterious as possible, like this illusion that you're, you're, you're this superstar type of thing. And it's funny how it's changed, you know, because I'm sure, like, I, I think what you need to remember is, is that not, I don't think, I don't think every musician got into music to then go on Instagram and speak into a, speak into a phone uh, and do an Instagram live every now and again. Like, I think a lot of folk actually struggle with that. And I think those are the, I think those are the artists and bands that actually might get left behind because as you said, like it is this extra strand now and kind of whether you like it or not, you kind of have to get involved with it because, you know, it's partly because that's what everybody's doing, but also that's where all the eyes are. Everybody goes on their phones to check like what's happening on Instagram and stuff like that. So you do need to be there if you're releasing music. But yeah, like I like it. Like I, I mean, I, I gotta be honest. Like me personally, like my personality, and like, like I said, like not everybody's like it's cut out for the. I mean, I don't know if you've tried it, but see, like these influencers like holding up your phone and actually like speaking into your phone, and no one's there. It's actually quite difficult. Yeah, 
Like I'll be I'll be honest, like I, I I've started doing it recently. I was like, I need to kind of like I had a bit of a thing like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, well, this is great, like posting stuff and and saying I've got this new song coming out and it's great going on Twitter and engaging with other people and saying, you know, and, and listening to other people's music and, and, and all that and sharing things and stuff. But folk like a, a human element to their artists now. And uh, I'm like, I'm going to have to start speaking on my Instagram stories. <laughs> it was a proper thing. It was like, again, I got in my head about it. I was like, I'm going to have to start doing this. So I have I have started doing it, but I can imagine, like, there's a lot of folk that, like, well, A, either can't be bothered, can't be bothered doing it because it's not not what they wanted to do, or um, they find it quite difficult. But I, I like it. I like it. I remember watching... I remember going on Instagram and seeing Lewis Capaldi talk for the first time on an Instagram story because it was like up until this point, I think he'd released like an EP and like any anytime anything he would share would really just be like clips and maybe playing live or like like normal things that you would share. And like he, he kind of picked up the phone one day and like put some sort of like silly glasses on and was like, right, so you know, the record label have told me I need to start posting more stuff, so I'm just going to kind of be myself and, and whatever. And it was funny because it was, like, naturally him. But, like, you know, it's maybe, like, what... It's maybe in the beginning, it's maybe not, like, kind of what he naturally gravitated, gravitated to. But because he's got, like, a, such a great personality and so the guys in Dictator have got, like, great personalities as well, it comes across, like, really well. And that's how you build an audience. That's how you keep your listeners not just listening to your tracks but coming back and finding out oh what's you know what's dictator up to today what's lewis up to today they really enjoy their videos so yeah i, I think overall it's like a overall it's a good thing in terms of the, <laughs> the recording yourself speaking I, there's been a few times where i'll have messed up something and have to go back and re-record and it takes me about 40 attempts to do it there, there was also a podcast i did where the company manscaped I don't know whether you're familiar with them <laughs> getting oh. contact uh, to, to can we sponsor a couple of episodes of the podcast? So naturally, you're, well, this sounds like they're going to send me something for free. So absolutely, you're more than welcome to sponsor the podcast. And then got about a eight-page word document, which you had to to tailor for your own podcast needs, and sitting there trying to record that advert, genuinely. I don't think I ever finished it. I ran it for about three shows, and then anytime I heard it back, though, I just wanted the ground to open up and swallow me. It was the worst, worst thing I've ever heard, and that was the point where I realised I'm never going to be an influencer. Well, I tell you, I get, I honestly, I tip my hat to them because it's not, it's not easy. Like it's not, and uh, I think you just have to kind of go over the fact that, you know, you just have to like. I don't know, be free to maybe make a, a bit of a fool of yourself now and again and stuff. Because it is, I, I find, what I find is like, I have to, if I'm going to do it, I need to be, I need to be doing it in a room on my own. I, I can't even be getting my phone out when there's like folk around and doing it. There's just something strange about like seeing, do you ever notice that? Like, obviously there's plenty of people that go on Instagram and record these stories where they're speaking on their phone, but you never see people doing it like out, out and about. There's like a a couple of the vloggers that do like, the football matches and then there's there's a crowd down south that do I saw them at the the resumption of the 
for the pilot for the download festival and the one oh, that, yeah. that Blossoms played in, in Liverpool as well. And they walk about and they're, they're filming themselves all the way through the weekend. Uh, and the thing is, it seems to be a really popular thing. There's loads of people coming up and, and talking away to them. But I think, on the other hand, there must have a lot of people that, that think it's quite strange. I, think, I don't know about yourself, you, but if that was to exist when I was growing up, I reckon that that would be something that folk would get quite heavily slagged for, to be perfectly honest. It would be seen as really, really strange and really, really kind of self-absorbent. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think that's what it is. It's like, I think like I kind of, sometimes I just need to shake that off a bit, that sort of feeling of it. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a bit, have you ever seen that, um, there's, a, um, there's a good, I'm sure it's an Instagram account, it's called Influencers in the Wild or something. It's like all these people that have, that have caught other folk filming their videos like outside or whatever, speaking into their phones. And it's just it's just quite, it's like strange situations. It's like a whole group of people having dinner at a table and then one person standing up and ha- doing some dialogue into a phone. It just looks really bizarre. Like to me, to me it does. Um, but it's, an, it's, a, it's a necessary, I think it's like a necessary thing. If you're it's certainly an artist, like, or like a musician or whatever. Yeah, it's maybe a case of breaking down that feeling of being a bit self-conscious. Uh, the thing is, we're, the Scots were quite self-deprecating as well, so we're, we're quite used to taking the piss out of each other and receiving it back. But uh, I, th- I think it's a, it's a step beyond that, isn't it, to kind of put yourself out there to oh to yeah, your own and, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. almost promote yourselves. Aye, and you've got to remember as well, it's like you're kind of, you're doing it for people that don't like know you personally but you have to remember that everybody that does know you personally is going to see this as well so like that do you know what i mean like it's perceived on like two different levels it's like you're like kind of like tell you know promoting your music so that new people can discover you and like fans or, or whatever like fans that have discovered you are watching your stories so you're, you're doing it for them but then like your best mate who's known you for like 15 year or whatever it's like wait is that you is that you talking on instagram now you're like an influencer so you have to get over that type of thing you know it's like you're you're doing it for you're doing it for you're doing it for the fans you know what i mean people that like your music yeah i think i think what we've come to the conclusion there is that there's always an element of slagging and everything that you do so you've just got to <laughs> eventually accept it and uh i i I think fair play, I really do. It's even the, the same. It's, there's quite a lot of it that just is so far removed from from the sort of thing that I'd be into. Uh, but I, I completely understand it. And I I think that there's a lot of artists and bands that are coming up with quite innovative ways to to do it as well. So it doesn't come across as, as forced as, as some of these influencers do, who really come across as you could give them anything to sell and they would be more than happy to do it if the price was right oh totally and it's like it's amazing um how honest uh, like people can get on like uh on social media as well there was a band i saw recently it was like that sort of classic thing where i think a lot of people perceives bands as like well if you get to a certain level you know, you're, you're earning decent money and say you're playing places like like Carlin Academy or like the, 
you know, these O2 arenas up and down the country and stuff like that. Well, if you're in a band full time, then you must be you must be doing really, really well. But, you know, the reality is that a lot of artists like they can make a bit of money off tour, but when they come off tour, especially if it's like a rock band or whatever, they're kind of going back to normal jobs to keep them afloat. And I saw a band on TikTok recently that they were super honest about it. I can't remember what they were called now. That's going to really annoy me. But basically, they, they uploaded these TikToks of them all working at Sainsbury's and sh- showing you, like, you know, so like people were commenting going, what are you doing working at Sainsbury's? I thought you were in a band. And this is like a band that have been in, like, Kerrang! and, like, they're on TV and whatever else. And, like, folk just didn't have a clue that, obviously, considering there's not that much money in, in streaming and stuff like that and that you can make a bit of money off touring at a certain level I thought it was really honest and it was really cool as well to see the band were like look when when we come off tour we're actually going to work in Sainsbury's we're actually working out you know petrol stations and things like that so I, I think it's like the whole, the whole like perception of like who musicians are and stuff like that I've completely flipped like since like you know we were kids or whatever like definitely I think that's another cause to to really talk the bands up that you love then in, in that sense because it's it's not like it's not like sport where there's a, it's their main source of income but it's a very, very affluent business where there's there's lots of money flying about and lots of endorsements and and such like. I think the kind of self made rise to the top is a an underdog story that's one that everyone can really get behind oh you're right and folk folk love like that like i think one of my one of my best mates said that to me recently because sometimes i can be uh i can fall fatal of like maybe holding on to things because they're not quite perfect yet or whatever or maybe i used to be quite bad at not putting out music because i didn't think it was ready and there's never like a right time to put it out so you know he said to me he said listen he's like you should just put this stuff out and if it's not like 100% amazing then it eventually will get amazing well it will over time you'll progress and it will get better but see the people that hear you first time and they're there from the beginning that journey that you can take them on from small gigs only five people being there like you know under a thousand streams on Spotify to years later you're maybe going places like folk love that if they're there from the very beginning there's a story there and it's it almost becomes like they're like your you know personal band like I've heard people say that about Biffy you know they the, the were been in a Biffy from the beginning first album small venues and they were there from the beginning and it's just been great for them like I mean they're a massive band now a mainstream act like you would say so I like generally yeah. went to gigs uh around about 2001 2002 and Biffy would support everyone. <laughs> Biffy, it, it almost became the, the running joke that we're supporting tonight uh, with Biffy Clyro. And nine times out of ten, it was Biffy Clyro that we're supporting. <laughs> if it was unadvertised support, it would be Biffy Clyro. Uh, and, and to see them now headlining festivals, playing stadium-esque shows as well, it's just phenomenal. And the, the thing is... I, that that should act as a catalyst to to tell people dream go for it if you, if you believe you can achieve something and you've got aspirations to do something believe you can do it 
because I'm pretty sure in 2002 when Biffy Clyde were playing to half a dozen people at an empty King Tut's or a, an empty cat house or an empty Sleazy's or whatever, they would possibly had aspirations for more, but they would never envisage where they are in, in 2021. It, it just shows you that anything can happen if you if you're dedicated and devoted enough to it and you believe in your, your own abilities. Oh, exactly. And then that's how you learn as well, isn't it? It's like that's how you get good. It's like putting in your 10,000 hours or whatever it is. It's coming in from the bottom and and heading upwards. You're always going to learn stuff on the way. And it's like the longer, it's the longer road, isn't it? But like, you know, if you were, if you were dropped in from the top, like what are you going to learn? You'll probably just sort of fizzle out. And you see acts like that, don't you? All these sort of like mainstream pop acts and stuff like that. They're kind of dropped in from the top and then fizzle out. But yeah, that's what gives you staying power. You're 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 grinding it out in in smaller venues and stuff, and then having aspirations to do something slightly bigger. Then a couple of years later, you do do something bigger, and then bigger and better from then on. So I, no, I, I, there's it's a, it's a great story, like Biffy, and now they're like you know, as I said, like in, they're like a mainstream act now. It's it's, it's incredible how big they are. Hundred percent. I think that's sad. Uh... It's, when you talk about being being dropped in from the top, I think there's there's an element of resentment that comes with that as well for people that that are a bit more clued up and wise to the ways and the workings of of how the music industry works. You're going to someone coming in and and taking the limelight, and you almost kind of you get a rough idea that they're going to be a a flash in the pan or and not really bring much to the table at the same time. Um, it's, again, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of taste, I guess. But the yeah, it, it just feels like it's very much skipping the queue and not doing the, the hard yards that should come with it. Oh, yeah, and you can hear that. I think you can hear that in the music and stuff. And, like, if you go see a band live, right, there, you know, there's... I think that, I mean, well, will have happened recently, but there's always been stories of that, like, you know, bands like... Um, Buy, like buying themselves onto tours and stuff like that that they're maybe not quite ready for and and that kind of thing but it's quite easy to spot that i feel like i feel like i've been to gigs before and i felt like the band is, is maybe been like you know, it's like they maybe bought themselves onto the show or something um because it's like anything it's like if you've got like you've got if you've got plenty of money um you could have you could you know you could be all right but, you know, buy a great PR guy, buy a great, like, get yourself in with a, a good manager, a record label, tour, whatever. But it, it's not, it's not a sustainable, is it? It's like, you know, you've got, you've got to really put in the, put in the groundwork and do your, you know, sort of pay your dues type of thing. Yeah, it's all part of the journey. Yeah, totally. We'll go back to the generic questions as we head towards the, back end of this podcast at this point i ask the guest for a few scottish bands or artists that you're listening to just now that the listeners may or may not have heard of uh, so oh, there's lots man especially from like west lothian um like at the moment it, i don't know i don't know what it is it's like it's funny west lothian's got this this thing like going on at the moment um uh, so there's a band called uh volka who i love and um, their drummer 
you and you and Sked, he he's like my best mate, been best mate since we're about twelve. Uh, he plays with me, um, and uh, Calm Sked, the bass player as well from that band, and um, he also plays plays with me as well. So, but yeah, they're a great band. It's kind of like sort of grungy rock type stuff. Sylvia are great. Uh, I absolutely like love them. I think they're doing like a great twist on. Uh, their stuff is bringing something different to the table and dictator as we've spoken about are great as well like as you said they, i think they're nailing like the productivity like putting the tracks out and and the social media and all that's like all like it's all top like top drawer which is great uh, i'm trying to think who else there's lo- there's loads man um there's always like Great new music coming out. Like and earlier, I mentioned that band as well, the DDEs from Manchester. Uh, that's down south, obviously, but they're uh, like they're great, playing loads and loads of shows. Um, yeah, there's 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 tons, man. Um, I listen. The thing is, it's like I'm always a bit scatterbrained when it comes to music. I don't know if you're like you're the same, but I find I'm not listening to albums as much, and it's more singles. And like because of that, my taste is like all over the joint. <laughs> It's kind of like when I'm looking at like light songs, it's like, but like I've been listening to like a lot of like 80s stuff recently, like weird like 80s R&B, like Alexander O'Neill and all this kind of thing. And then I'm really into like metal as well. So, yeah, that's kind of all over the place, man, in terms of stuff what I listen to. That's I think with, with a wee bit extra time in our hands as well and perhaps a wee bit to this podcast personally uh, that it opens and broadens your horizons to quite a lot of stuff that, that I may not have heard of when I when I set out to start this uh, only three or four months ago the, the recommendations that I get and then and just also speaking to people that are similar artists and, and Spotify and things like that it, it just uh, it certainly broadens your horizons and it, I must confess it was through contact with yourself uh, around about April of this year that, that you came on to, to my radar and I'm, I've really enjoyed getting to check your stuff out and I would like to take this opportunity just to wish you all the best going forward Grant I'm sure it's going to be a really exciting end to 2021 for you um, and anything I can do in terms of having you back on or, or plugging any gigs or anything like that that you've got coming up please just get in touch I'll be more than happy to do so oh man thank you so much and i appreciate you having me on like it's great that there's a podcast you know specifically built for a uh, scottish music indie stuff rock like it's cool man like so keep doing what you're doing like i've loved listening to the podcast i've all been amazing and stuff like that and it's good to have people like yourself champion champion and new music and new bands and stuff so yeah man anytime thanks for having me on i really appreciate it where can we find you on your social channels and, and youtube and such like so it's uh, grant Kilpatrick music on facebook and instagram and on twitter it's g Kilpatrick underscore i couldn't get grant Kilpatrick music on twitter for some reason somebody's got it i don't know <laughs> but someone's got it but i uh, yeah and on spotify obviously you'll you'll find me uh, i've got all my stuff on spotify apple music Bandcamp, and all that um, and if anybody likes my stuff and, you know, like give me a little message or drop a comment, I'm always up for chatting to folk and, and hearing what you're all about and all that. 
Oh man, certainly th there's all that going on and the, the new video by the time this is, has been released will be out as well. So I'll put a wee plug in for that in the description of the podcast. Until then, thank you for listening and goodbye. Thank you, man. Cheers. Bye.